0: It's Always Cloudy in Cleveland. Brought to you in part by Rusco Sports Twitter. We have all the hit news about Cleveland sports. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Always Cloudy in Cleveland. Thank you for tuning in for episode three here as we take off and kick off October. One of my favorite holidays, probably my favorite holiday growing up, Halloween, Um, you got to love it because the candy, the costumes, the scary movies, um, the weather changing, football season, the chili, the pumpkins, the mazes, am I right? So, Matty Ice brought up a good idea, we're going to do a segment each week leading up to Halloween, but this first week we're going to talk about some of our favorite scary movies growing up. Um... But, Matty Ice, I'll let you start off with it. It was your topic. What do you got for us?
1: So I would always say my movie that I was probably scared the most about when I was a kid was, and I don't even know why, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it was like one of the first movies that I watched. I remember I was at one of my buddy's house when I was maybe like, 12 years old and the parents were asleep we were upstairs watching and it was just the start of that chainsaw scared the hell out of me every single time and you know i just always that was one of those movies that always stuck with me that was really scary and one that i would probably still be scared about watching now uh would be the paranormal activities i'm not really scared of i'm not really scared of murderers and stuff like that. Cause I know that exists and it's just those paranormal activities that you don't know if they're, if they're real or not. I, I don't even know if I believe in ghosts or if I believe in those kind of stuff, but I just hope to God I never have to see one of those things.
0: I remember when I saw the first one with my buddies, uh, we went with like a big group of friends and I don't know if it was like probably junior or senior year of high school. So there was like half of our high school was seen this movie theater. And then like, we were all scared shitless that we all came to my house after the movie And, like, we're in my basement. That was my computer was at the time. We're, like, looking this movie up. Like, dude, is this, like, shit really happened? And there's all these people on this comment board talking about, like, yeah, like, I have a demon. Like, we're actually cool. Like, this or that. And then there's other people talking. We're actually cool, though. Yeah, yeah. No, but there's weird shit. Like, people saying, like, yeah, like, this shit happens to me all the time. Like, I've seen it before. And, like, we're, like, are people just, like effing around with us right now or is this like real life shit and i remember like we all like went to sleep in my basement with like the lights on we were all scared shit like a little pussies but man dude takes me back and then i remember
1: we used to always just mess with each other and start slamming doors so that was like one of the biggest thing in there just the slamming of the doors or actually what's the one scene where um is it the baby that starts getting pulled out of the that crib? I'm up. like, dude, yeah. what is going on? Or uh, or when they killed the dog. You remember that? Yeah. That was, that, was, that was pretty sad. My
0: biggest thing, like... That's pretty sad. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to scary movies, so I will not see certain movies that... Um, one, I don't do scary movies with children in it, because that shit just creeps me out. So, like... I I don't do, like, babies or kids or, like, kids going to the other side. Like, that shit creeps me out. So I cross that off my list. And then um, I traditionally don't, not because I'm scared, but I'm I'm just over the whole alien, like, type of scary movies. It's just, like. I don't know what they're trying to That's accomplish. That's not a big but, thing anymore, I feel like. No, it's like. not. But it used like, to
1: be because I think kids just don't have that imagination. Yeah, but there,
0: what was that movie with um, the dude from The Office, Jim, where they didn't say a word in the entire movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was kind of alien-based, yeah. and I saw that, and I was just like, oh, gosh, like seriously. if they're
2: not talking, Like, what's the
0: point? There's yeah. 13 words said in the whole movie. Yeah. No, spoiler alert. Sorry for people who oh, haven't oh, seen it, I know oh, oh, which oh, relatively know. Oh. But to be fair, we still haven't shared the title of the movie, so...
1: Um. Okay. The Emily Rose one, The Exorcism of Emily oh, Rose. Dude, dude that's that's that. that the way she bent her body. And actually, I know yeah. this is kind of a little side Did topic, but
0: how she bent her body, or
1: yeah, man. I mean, that was one of the best parts of the movie. You know what I mean? That really got me going as a as a fourteen year old, you know, high uh, highly strung kid. It's
2: pretty fucked up. I'm just...
1: <laughs> just kidding. No, but um, one of the things that I was just talking about was um, you know, kid actors and and how they play those scenes. It just feels really weird to me that kids have to act like they're getting possessed by demons. Because you have to remember, these aren't like 40 year old midgets or something like that. These are kids. And they're trying to act like they're, you know, taken over by demons or murderers and stuff like that. I just feel like that has to mess with a developing brain or something like that. I don't know if it's just me thinking about that.
2: Pretty sure they signed a waiver before, so it's all good. Yeah,
1: well, that can only do so much. I mean, look at what <laughs> happens in Hollywood now, you know. Okay, so are there any
0: other movies that you, you left out that you want to hit on, or are those your. Uh, let's hear from you guys.
2: Well, the type of movies that really like get me creeped out, or at least when I was a kid, are, like the ones that are based on true stories. And for instance, the one that really gets me the most is Silence of the Lambs. You guys ever catch that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, nah, I was too scared to watch that one. You serious, Clark? Absolutely. No, it's just it's just. I guess I won't ruin it for you, but... It's... I'm not going to watch it, so you could ruin it. No, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to do that I'm to you, man. You got to watch, watch it. it. Nah. I'll be there to hold your hand while we watch it. It's okay.
0: I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. Well, that's a mood changer,
1: huh? <laughs> Any other ones? Shout out to the Beatles. Um, oh, dude, hold on. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but... Blair Witch Dude, I was just, just cuz he, he said based true on story, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh all right.
0: Because true story.
1: Cuz that man. was kind of like the paranormal where it was based on like a documentary almost where they made the cameras look like they were from our point of view and I think that's what made the scary movies terrible. <laughs> Terribly it was scary. Kind of a little too, like it was scary because the reason why that
0: movie and Paranormal is scary, because you're on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen, but both movies nothing really happened until like the very, very end, just besides your point like doors just slamming and shit. Yeah. Like that was Blair Witch Project, like to a fucking T. Like they it yeah. wasn't really scary, just like, you know, turning fast and then like nothing really happened. So it's it, it's it's the hype.
1: Well that gets the, you. The weird part about the paranormal Activity is remember they all had different alternative endings. And stuff like that, like yeah. where you can watch the unedited, where it's different than the edited. And I'm like, wait, why is there different different endings to it? You know, if it's supposed to be based on a true story. That's big nowadays. Like even Get Out, that movie had alternative endings too. Yeah. Yeah,
2: just fucking picking. I didn't <laughs> stick with that. I don't understand.
0: Right. Um, but another
2: one, have you guys ever seen Children of the Corn? I don't do children. Remember? <laughs>
0: Remember from five minutes well, ago. I yeah. hope you
2: don't diddle kids, Junior. That's just weird, but okay, I keep going. You just
0: say you don't do children. I'm just happy like you do don't. do do children participating in scary movies. It All creeps right, well, me out. You could
2: have specified it. I was like, a little confused. You're no. telling me
0: you, you go see a scary movie, you know, there's a fucking little kid who's like possessed. And then you walk down the out. street the next day and you just see some little kid looking at you funny because little kids are weird. And then it takes you right, right. back to that movie like Dude,
2: shit. That's what I'm saying. That's why this shit creeps me out. It's to uh, sum it up real quick. These kids essentially take over this town and just murder all the adults. So it's pretty fucked up.
0: Yeah,
1: not checking that one out. I don't think I'd die from a kid. I'm gonna be honest with you right now. Like, yeah, I, you, I, I, I not, think maybe if, not
2: one kid, maybe not two kids, two, maybe not even three. That's a whole not fucking town, kids. Not two, not three. Too soon. Not, too, way too soon.
1: <laughs> I just don't think I would. I think I think I'd get some nice bows and some nice knees and stuff. Like I I, I wouldn't go down. It would take well, at least. I would say. I mean, how old are these kids?
2: I don't know. I mean, I wasn't like checking birth certificates while watching the film, but I would guess anywhere from like ten to fifteen. I would just. I mean,
1: fifteen. There, a few fifteen-year-olds probably can take me down, but ten-year-olds, man, Mordecai, dude. I could probably take at least ten. With a name like
2: Mordecai, fuck that you is up. a badass name. They're yeah. also possessed, though. You got it. There's not yeah, normal. True. Kids. They're probably it your but ankles. But to be and fair, like what that. I
0: would do is I would find a Toyota Tundra and run them all over. <laughs> because why? Brought you in part by Toyota. <laughs> Let's go places. Let's kill children in our Toyota
2: tundra. But to be fair, not not all of us are survivors like you, Ice. <laughs>
0: yeah, seriously. Ice is a survivor. I have that's a scar on so my face because I'm a survivor. So true. Okay, Breezy, any more movies you want to share with the uh, with the crew?
2: Just one last shout out. The It, the original one. When I was a little kid and I was watching that, and that's – yeah. Kind of maybe scared of clowns, but I agree with that. Did you see the new one? Yeah, dude.
1: It actually, sucked. I haven't it seen sucked. the new one. It no, dude, the,
0: it, it wasn't sucked. scary, but it was a good movie. That's what I'm saying.
1: I, I went there to get scared. I'm not gonna lie, but it was
0: still a good movie, though. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was walking down sewers. I wasn't scared I'm walking down sewers like I thought I would be after the movie. You know, with those little yeah, things I walked popping down their down heads sewers all the time. Who,
2: yeah. who the hell actually like looks down sewers? And I mean, self, it was though.
1: you should have after the movie. That was what it was based off of. Yeah, I'm mad mean, see the movie. It was either you're gonna
0: see it or Raphael or. Michelangelo, not the other two, her master splinter. Okay. I guess it's my turn. Um, So some of these you probably never heard of. Like, I was, like, when I – like, scary movies for me were, like, okay, this is a reason to go hang out with a girl, maybe go on a date. So I was, like, big with, like, taking girls to the movie theater. So it wasn't realistic for you? No, I was just trying to, like, (laughs) to cuddle and, like, you know, what's going on. He just wants to have a lay. Yeah, no, but – Anyhow, so there's a scary ass movie called Mirrors, and uh, By Justin Timberlake. No, oh. it's a movie, and um, there's actually a sequel to it too. But one of the scariest Is it movies called I've Mirrors ever seen. too. No, but whenever like you look into a mirror, obviously like some shit went wrong. So I was so scared shitless on my way home from this girl's house, like to look through my rearview mirror or anything. I thought like I would like <laughs> look up, take a double look, and there'd just be like someone trying to kill me in my back seat. To this day. Uh, second movie, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. I know that's a little bit more sci-fi, like I said, kind of alien-based, but just, like, how messed up that movie was. Like, it, it started off so, it. like, normal. Like, They're oh, like, some friends in the woods. No, I'm not. I'm just, like, putting it out. Fair. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. They start drinking a little bit. Some people are hooking up, and then all of a sudden, dude, shit hits the fan. Got to check it out. Good movie. Except the ending's kind of frustrating. It's one of those frustrating movies just like,
1: Every scary movie is frustrating. Yeah, that's so true. Because there's like well, so like, many the obvious basement. things to do, like do this rather than that. Not I'm not
2: survivors lie. like
0: Ice. What
1: can I say? I, I'm not gonna lie though. As a household owner now, I'm, when I hear noises, I come down. I, I feel like I'm gonna be in the next scary movie. <laughs> like the other day, I'm I'm over here like literally chilling by myself after work. Uh, you know, drinking Ed's probably either upstairs. You know, doing whatever, or he's at work, <laughs> and uh, and I hear a noise in the basement, and I'm just like. Maybe it's an animal. So I just go down there. Then I realize, what am I doing? Like, this is. I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know what happens. And I've seen these. I know movies. what happens in these basements.
0: <laughs> it's like the scary movie where you, like, they pull up to the abandoned gas station. There's nobody there. And then there's, like, a flickering light, like, in the corner. And then the person approaches the flickering light and then they get, like, stabbed in their jugular. Like, that's Matty Ice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So just to round it up, um, the grudge movies, like, growing up, like, that was, like, a key, mm-hmm. like, Junior high, like, oh, we're going to get the grudge movie, going to such and such's houses. We're watching it, and you do just the, Uh, like, I don't know. Something about that movie just scared me. Like, that was definitely that series. And then just a quick shout out to Jeepers Creepers.
1: I always want I always felt like. I mean, I don't. I wasn't driving at the time, but I was always wondering if radio stations would play the song just to mess with people. Cause That's it, so true. You know, I. I mean, I would do that, dude. <laughs> if
0: I was like a like a farm town in the middle of nowhere, like I would <laughs> have one Jeepers, station strictly creepers. just to that, just to mess with people. <laughs> people driving through.
1: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Could good you times. imagine good though? times?
2: But could you imagine?
0: All right, so everybody, stay tuned for our next few segments in the next couple weeks leading up to Halloween. Got a lot more stuff to look at um moment we've all been waiting for right I actually, we've probably not been waiting for it because we were supposed to do this yesterday, but we put it off, but we were so butt hurt that Maddie Ice and I couldn't talk we just we were so emotional um in so many different ways, but it's time to talk about the Cleveland Browns going to oakland um Baker's first start. You know, the game started off a little sluggish, but ultimately we got up to a 28-14 lead and we ended up losing the game 45-42. With that said, who's to blame? And I'm posing this question to Breezy and Matty Ice. Who's to blame for this loss? What are some of the things going through your head as we sit here on Monday after this Browns loss? I'm going to
2: start by saying it's been just over 24 hours. And, you know, this one still kind of hits me. I'm still, like, pissed off, upset, mixed feelings, a little sad. We just got fucking hosed. I think the refs are to blame, and I know it's easy to blame the refs this and that, but I mean it was on live TV. People all across the nation, even Tony Dungy, had
1: a tweet saying that we got hosed. Like Kirk Herb Street, Kirk Herb Street. Which call do you think was worse? Because I think everybody can think of the big two: the strip sack and then um, the phantom overturn. What, I mean, which one do you think was worse?
2: I mean, from the standpoint of being the worst call, I think the the non fumble call, the down by. Yeah. That was, worse, was a bad call, but worse for the sake of the game and the outcome, clearly overturned that first down.
1: So here's the thing. I don't think anybody's debating that. I mean, a lot of people probably don't think that um, the call was right, but I think the worst part about it is that they overturned a call that was not obvious, and that's what ticked me off the most about it. I think if they would have called him short originally, I don't think we would have all like been like, oh, my God, he clearly went over. Like, no, that, we that's all, exactly well, it, though. It's the fact that they were able to – overturn the call which should be obvious I mean there's been so many games I've watched over the last few years with this whole replay where it's like oh this is no doubt going to get overturned but you can just see where his the ball is coming out but you don't actually do it and they don't overturn it because there's not enough evidence but then you see this and it's the game-changing call
0: well especially because they did blow the strip sack that was a clear
2: fumble what actually really irritates me is the NFL didn't even come out and own it today. They said the officials made the right reverse call in that circumstance. And yeah. which one? In the, the,
1: the third the, down. Yeah, uh, the, first the first down. down. Well, my they whole came- thing
0: is like, Matty Ice just posed which one was, you know, more detrimental. Oh, yeah. The thing is, the strip sack was clear. Like, the.
1: the f- Nobody's debating that. Where people no. are debating well, the well, first saying down, the nobody's first debating down
0: that. like. That one, like, it could have kind of went both ways, but, like, the strip sack was clear, and it, it honestly determined the game. And the thing that pisses me off is we have, you know, I don't want to throw some Cleveland people under the bus, but Al Pawlowski, um, you mentioned Anthony, Anthony Lima. These guys saying you can't blame the refs. You can't blame the refs. How can you not? I've been a Browns fan for 20 years, and I blamed the Browns for the last 20 years for losing every single game. The one game when we're a team that everyone's arguing, oh, they could be 4-0, and we literally did everything – We could to win that game. We put up 42 points for for, for crying out loud. And for the refs to take the wind out of our sail at that, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pin this one on the refs.
1: Yeah, and I actually wanted to see. um, I was searching Twitter last night while I was laying in bed. I couldn't sleep. I was so agitated uh, at Russ Coast Sports. And I'm searching um, what Raiders Twitter is basically saying. And, um, you, but I'd say about 50, 50, 50% it's like, yeah, we got so lucky. But then you have some Raiders fans saying that the Marshawn Lynch run where they had the, that, the early, how whistle, that justifies. Yeah. It. How they're like, Oh, well they messed up the strip sack. Well, they messed up the Marshawn Lynch. Like no Marshawn Lynch. He did break a tackle, but, but if you look, but if you look, there was a few guys that would have been right there. I don't think I do think they blew that whistle too early for Marshawn Lynch. But at the same time, because they blew the whistle, the guys that are coming on their pursuit angle stopped and slowed down. So I think they could have stopped well, yeah, them.
0: Yeah, they hear the whistle and they slow down or they yeah they, they stop the play. I mean yeah. they don't want to get called for a late the late penalty or whatever yeah. it
2: they, is. You guys want to hear something kind of like effed up? Makes you kind of think a little bit.
0: Right. conspiracy theory
2: Cons- conspiracy theory 101 and always cloudy clear you heard it here first here
0: first i don't know if i buy it or sell into those things no, I, I think that's what I'm it just i think makes you I think, think.
2: I think i'm not buying it but it i'm not a conspiracy
0: think. guy like it's it's I, hard for me I, to think I, I, well I, I do think nba there is conspiracy i think oh, no doubt yeah, about yeah, it but i'm NBA. saying in the nfl no it's such a more complex game but at the same time like but i feel like there's gonna be like you've heard refs in the like nba it was
1: terrible calls. It was just terrible calls. You can't explain it. The thing is, they
2: said they had an angle that they saw that confirmed that he was down short of the 19-yard line. Yeah. Well, then if you had that fucking angle, (laughs) release it. Show it to everyone else. You don't have to deal with this bullshit.
0: But you know it's the NFL. They're not going to. They don't give a shit. Yeah. For me, I mean— if it wasn't, if it came down to just that play and the refs made one bad blunder, I wouldn't blame it on them because no. you're going to get that every once in a while. There's balls but to the fact that there was the strip sack right before that is what really just, like, you really took this game away from us. So, Matty, guys, I mean, we we could call, you know, there should have been a hold there. There should have been, you know, an illegal block and all these kick punt returns that they had. You know, we could argue about these refs all day. Ultimately, the Browns did lose. Is there anybody else, I mean – defense offense any special teams that you want to focus on where you think maybe they could have played better that could have put us over the top I mean
1: I still think the refs are number one to blame but there's definitely some blame to come on our end I mean I can't believe I'm actually saying these words but do we actually miss Chris Tabor I mean this special team is special teams is completely lost. You have guys lining up incorrectly. I don't even know if I've ever seen that before, where they couldn't even line up correctly. You have Jabril Peppers running into your own players. Like, dude, you're supposed to be an elite returner. That's one of the reasons we drafted you, was to make plays. And he should not ever see the field again. The only time I'd ever put him on the special teams is if – It was coming down to a big punt where you needed to catch it. I know he's going to catch it every time, but I don't trust him returning it. I don't even know who we're going to pick. I mean, Callaway maybe? Who do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree that 100% for kickoff and punt, you need to take Jabril out. I mean, more so you can leave him on there for punt, but for kickoff returns, he needs to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Um, I mean... Duke Johnson's a guy who's not Yeah, so many I d- touches. I in didn't the field. even think of Duke.
2: Why is I wouldn't Duke mind not having sure. Duke there for punt or
1: kickoff. Like, yeah. Days
2: like these where you miss Matthew
1: Davis. Yeah, yeah. I heard that too this morning. And uh, my last point I wanted to bring up was going to be our receivers. It was bad. I mean, Hugh Jackson came out today and said they counted in their eyes nine drops. I mean, that's. You shouldn't even see nine jobs in like three games, three or four games, right. and we saw it all in one game. I think it's pretty evident that we need a we need another receiver out there. I think Hollywood's doing well. I think Callaway is having his ups and downs, but I think he you need to have big mistakes. Yesterday. you need to have another receiver, another veteran receiver out there.
0: I agree. Um, I definitely think there's some names out there. You know, Rashard Matthews is he's going to find a home. Des Bryant's still out there. We can get into that to another day. But I mean, at the end of the day, the offense did put up 42 points. Granted, they had a couple blunders that gave Oakland short field and good field position. You know, but that, um, that's the growing pains with the rookie quarterback. Well, that's what I'm too. saying. With a rookie quarterback, like Baker has been showing you everything that he needs to to let you know he can make the right throws. He's good in the pocket, gets rid of the ball quick. All of his blunders um, or mistakes are things that any rookie quarterback do. Yeah, this is, so this it, is it, normal. It's, this is right, normal. it's normal. So that's, that's something to look forward to. With that being said, taking away the good things – I mean, where do we stand now in the season? Granted, we're you know we're at the quarter mark. We're one, two, and one. Does this change the outlook for the season? You know, going to an zero and three team, losing as we look forward. Does it change the outlook? Um, do we still think we can be competitive in this division in the AFC? What, what are you guys thinking? I mean, I still think the AFC in general is wide
2: open. I do. I think we're necessarily going to win the division at this point. I really don't think so, just because we have the young quarterback and
0: pretty much a young team in general. I mean, young team, to your point, a team that doesn't know how to win. They, and they're
2: learning. This is part of the
0: process. Again, you can argue they could be 4-0 right now, so it's a team that needs to learn how to close games and win. So, to your point, I, I agree with you. I think it's just it's going to take some time, but... I really do think they're going to be competitive it's, all year.
1: It's not going to be this year. I mean, I think what last I'm I've been saying it since day one. I think it's six. We're a six win team. I think yesterday's game was kind of uh, bring the Browns back to earth. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with my hands. We won. We won that game. You know what I mean? It was like. It just became a reality check to, I think, a lot of Browns fans that we are going through a transition stage. Um, yes, I do agree. I'm looking at the, the r- records right now. So Miami's 3-1. They're garbage. Um, New England's obviously going to make the Shout playoffs. Shout-out to drinking head, Miami. <laughs> I think what it's going to come down to is an AFC North team. I think Cincinnati and, and, and uh, Baltimore look pretty good this year. I don't trust Tennessee. Jacksonville's going to win the division easily. So I think it's going to be between Baltimore, Cincinnati. <sighs> I mean – I'm looking. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think the Browns have any chance in the playoffs. I'm being. I'm just being realistic right now. I think we have too many growing pains. But I think next year is, is the year we're going to really th- put the pedal to the metal. To tell you the truth, we're talking about how
2: Baker had these growing pains. Honestly, he looks a lot better than I thought he would. Just jumping right into the
1: swing of things. Oh, no doubt. And he, so, is, he only had one week with the first team. I mean, that's why I'm not he like didn't even giving split. Hope. He had no. There was no competition in training camp. There was zero competition, and now he looks the way he does. He looks like a presentable quarterback out there. Presentable. He looks like he's got potential to be an elite quarterback. That's what I'm saying. As as how he is, he's presentable out there. He looks like he belongs.
0: yes, uh, let me pose a quick question to you. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make the playoffs?
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: What about uh, the Minnesota Vikings?
1: In the NFC? Yeah. Yeah?
0: Um, What about the Atlanta Falcons?
1: I mean, I didn't. Study, I haven't studied the NFC enough, but from their roster, they should.
0: Okay, so Atlanta's 1-3. Please Minnesota don't say you're trying Pittsburgh. to compare us to these teams. No, Please no, say no, you're hear out, just... Hear, hear me, me out. out. No, I mean, just hear me out here. I mean, granted, we're an up-and-coming team trying to figure things out, but... Couldn't you argue? Not saying we should be. Couldn't you argue that we could have? Been, we could be four and zero right now. No we, doubt. We had a but chance. Nobody to win can all argue if we of should those be four and zero. The Browns of any past years would not have had a chance to be, be in the drive. We have been in the driver's seat in all these games where we had a chance to actually come out on top. Pittsburgh has the same record as us. Minnesota has the same record than us. Atlanta actually has a worse record than us. I don't. I'm not. By no means am I saying guys, we're going to make the playoffs because I do agree that. We have a lot of obstacles to overcome. I think, you know, Terrence Mitchell going down is really going to. That hurts. That really hurt hurt our secondary. So it'll be interesting to see how we come back. But I'm kind of in the boat where I'm like, I'm still not giving up hope. I'm not saying it's a sure thing. This is the reason,
1: though. There's still optimism to say we can be. I'm not, been saying, I'm not saying we game. don't have hope, but what I'm saying is the reason why I picked – you just picked those teams that have worse records than us and picked them is because they've been there before. The Falcons were just in the Super Bowl. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about a team that's led by a rookie quarterback, rookie receiver as their two rece- You know, – we're not the team that we used to be or like that these other teams have. They're that. established. They have – like. A- I'm gonna they have I'm going trust they yeah, to close games. I'm gonna trust Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and now Le'Veon Bell over Antonio Callaway, Baker Mayfield, and you know, Devin Cajuste. Yeah, but I'm saying if
0: if <laughs> the kidding. refs wouldn't have blown that game, which we all agreed was the leading cause and we were two one and one, I feel like you'd be singing a different tune.
1: No, no, I I'm, I agree with that. So we're literally what I'm blaming we're the not refs. You're not even games. blaming the the team. But we're, we're not closing field. games. We're, that's my problem. Is that and it's going to happen because we're such a young team. I'm not. I'm worried about. Okay, even if let's just say we're we have six wins or seven wins and we're fighting for a wild card spot. You're telling me you trust this Browns team to come out in the fourth quarter and like have comebacks and hold leads because I know you don't. As much no, as you want to say we do.
0: No, 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 I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying. We've been in every single game. I can't say the same thing about Minnesota. I can't say the same thing about Correct. Atlanta. So you're telling me a team, yeah, they know how to win and close, but we've actually been in every single game, but which didn't is different win. from those years. Right, but I'm saying eventually this team is going to figure it out and learn how to win. You're not going to come I as I do agree,
1: Eventually, can. but not this year is what I'm saying. Right, let me chime in real
2: quick. There's so much parity in the NFL this year. We don't know who's going to be there. We don't know what—you can't pick one single team right now. Well, I mean, I guess you can maybe
0: say the Chiefs or— The only Moran, point I'm trying to regardless. make is, yeah, as butthurt as we all are and as shitty as it is that we should have been able to win these last games, as competitive as we have been playing, we should be optimistic 100%. to think that we could be a bubble team this year. Well,
2: before we jump to can conclusions— we, Do you agree that we no, can I, be a bubble team? Oh, no, 100%. Hunt? We, no, not can be. We, we will be a bubble team. We will be in the hunt. I'm saying that right now. I'm stick. We will be a bubble team. We'll be in the hunt. It's going to come down to the last couple of weeks.
1: I mean, how many Let's wins? Start, let me ask you this: before, How many? Wait, on, how many we, wins do you think we're going to have? That's what I'm asking you. I'm, how, before we
2: start jumping to conclusions, making judgments, I want to see how we respond at home against Baltimore. That's going to be big. Week.
1: I will. I, that's the one point I will agree with. This is g- going to determine our. our, this, our is,
2: this is going to see where we stand. If we can take care of business at home against the Ravens, who are clicking on all cylinders right now, so then, then we're a real NFL team. Here's what I will give you
1: guys. I will give you this guy. The AFC is wide open so there's two wild card teams right we all know the division winners are going to be pretty obvious i think it's going to be new england's going to win the east you just said jacksonville is going to win. Jacksonville's going to win the south um Bengals, it, the, the north is up for grabs like Bengals, uh ravens and Steelers. You, for the it's the, the second wild card team well, you, i agree whoa, 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 is whoa. how do there. you know the patriots Time are going to win though you're joking right no
2: i'm not joking i'm just saying how do you know I know they're, they're going to win. Because they have the best the quarterback, quarterback in the fucking planet? Two two. The best 42-year-old quarterback in the planet? He just won MVP last year. That's fine. He's another right. year older. Let, let's not, let's not dwell on it. You let's just, can't just automatically pencil in the Patriots winning their division. I'm going to
1: pencil them in right. until Tom Brady retires. Just because they beat a very
2: shitty Miami Dolphins it's team crowded, doesn't folks. mean it's they're going to yeah,
1: They're 3-0. They're 3-0. Really shitty. That's how many They wins are
2: shitty. Have you seen them play?
1: Yeah. Have you seen the teams they beat? Okay. It doesn't matter. They're 3-0. It 0. does matter. Okay, for, We're one and three. For the sake of this argument, let's just
0: pencil in the Patriots. 1-2 and more. So you got the Patriots. All I'm saying is our division, like, yeah, the Bengals and Baltimore came out 3-1. But with our division, and just like the Browns, because I said if we would have won yesterday, you'd be singing a different tune today, we have to take it week by week. You can't just pose the question to us, how many wins are we going to have? You, you have to take it week by week because – We've only had one divisional game yet. Let us face our division and see how we stack up against.
2: Plus, we're only getting better each and every week. We have so many young guys playing right now. Every single time they take a snap, they get better. They learn more. They come together as a unit. you got to realize I, I'm we not have so si- many new so players on the this thing. roster.
1: Here's the thing, though, you guys. What I'm trying to say is... This is, is going to be a long progression. I don't think it's going to be something you turn a, around in one season because we well, did clearly. not progress last year. Last year was a complete regress, obviously, because of the record. So most turnarounds don't happen in one year. Not many teams, and actually no Eagles. team NFL history has ever even come close from going to, from 0-16 to the playoffs. If I mean, we the, get the six Eagles wins... pretty
2: shitty last year, and they kind of just dude, won the... Dude, we're not, it's because we're not of the Wentz.
1: playoffs. We're just screaming... In the hunt, bubble team. Okay, I'm not saying, well, if we get, I've been saying six wins, right? Yeah. But okay, that's in the hunt. But I'm just saying, right. what I'm arguing right now is that I don't think, I think we'll always kind of be lingering around there, but I don't think we're ever going to close the door and make a playoff spot this year. Uh, that's fair. That's, and that's fair. And that's a step in the
2: right
0: direction.
1: Yeah. That's agreed.
2: fair. From, from zero wins to six wins, I don't know how you can really complain. I'm not not complaining. complaining. He's just – No, I'm not saying – I'm just saying like in a general statement. I agree because I
1: think next year is the year we step up because there's no doubt in my mind the Steelers. This is the beginning of the end for the Steelers. No doubt about it. I agree.
0: It's toxic (laughs) over there. And I'm smiling when we're thinking about that right now. Yeah, and I mean let's just – Again, if we would have won yesterday, you even said you'd be singing a different tune. I think the great thing about this podcast is the way – how young this team is, how open the AFC is, we could literally take it week by week – and break it down like we are. To Breezy's point, you can't pencil in the Patriots right now. We don't know what's happening. A lot of the AFC contenders of the past are Asian teams, the Steelers, the Patriots. Let's see who steps up this year, and let's see how this unfolds week by week. Okay, so now that we're cooled down a little bit, great debate, boys. So let's talk about some of the biggest surprises, biggest busts um, to the quarter mark here. Um, talking about players first, who would you guys say that is the biggest surprise, You know, whether it be a rookie, a vet, that you've seen that's just kind of been like, did not see this coming?
1: Yeah, I mean, player-wise, I just think I know I, I don't trust this team at all, and I know Drinking Ed talked about it, but I thought Tannehill was going to be, his job was going to be gone by week four, week five, because I think that this is his time to step up or back down. And he's played well this year. Again, I don't trust him, and I don't trust the Dolphins by any means. But when you ask me who's the biggest surprise, the Dolphins are three and one, and it's because of the, the quarterback position, right. which I had no trust in.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I mean, the question was to the quarterback, and he definitely has the stats to back it up. I'm going to piggyback. Um, I want to say Andy Dalton, oh, I was, Texas Christian University. That I mean, dude, you, you, you're this, winning this, this guy comes out of the <laughs> gates a lot, man. He just throws two Ds to AJ Green. Um, but this year he's been consistently spreading the ball out. Uh, Tyler Boyd having another break or having a breakout year, another candidate. Um, but I just think the way he's been able to spread it out this year, especially with question marks at the running back with mixing in and out and Bernard, uh, he's getting creative. I don't know if he'll be able to sustain it. But for me, up until, um, you know, the quarter marker, I definitely think he's one of the bigger surprises. I'm going to stick with the position and the trend, and I'm going with a quarterback with Patty
2: Mahomes, yep. baby. I mean, let's be honest. This guy showed potential. He could Take be Take very-
0: Mahomes, Country <laughs> Road, to Texas, Texas. <laughs> I belong,
2: Kansas City, Pat Mahomey. But take anyway, me home. Take Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes.
1: Dude, that was pretty good.
2: But, yeah, I mean, this guy, I didn't know what to expect with him. Like, all right, cool. Like, they got rid of Alex Smith. Not that Alex Smith is the best quarterback ever, but he seemed to do a pretty good job down there in Kansas City.
0: There were question marks about Mahomes coming in. Is yes. this guy going to be able to lift this team I, up? And gonna, I admit it.
1: Up? I'll be the first one to admit it. I thought he was going to be a bust. I'm like, you handed the keys over to a franchise with an unproven guy. I'm going to be the first one to admit I, I look like an idiot. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, I think just the weapons around, and we've alluded to this before earlier in no the podcast. Doubt, no Catch doubt. out the other episodes if you haven't already. But he's just – he was able to walk into this. And it's not like he's a rookie either. He got to sit for a year. He got to learn. And he got to get acquainted to the offense, learn how Andy Reid works. And he stepped right in. And he's been making Sunday throws, as my boy Drinking Ed likes to say. <laughs> Kid's
0: a player. Okay. Let's turn the tables to now. Uh, some of the bigger busts, and I'm going to start this one out, and I'm still going to stick with the quarterback. Um, again, arguably the most important position on the field. TB12, New England. Again, just the quarter mark. I think he's going to figure it out. I have him on one of my fantasy teams, and it's been disappointing. Um, he looked a little bit better, obviously, against Miami, putting up 38 points. But the three games before that just haven't really cut it. So I think he's going to turn it around. He gets Julian Edelman back. He just added Josh Gordon to his tar and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that progresses. Who are your guys' bus uh, through these first four games? I'm going to
2: stick with the same team. Clearly a different position, though. I'm going with Rob Gronkowski. He came out against Houston, and I'm, he had a pretty good game. But after that, he's been, he's been very silent, especially for his standards. He's nowhere to be found, and that whole offense seems to be struggling a little bit. I know they had a nice little tune-up yesterday. He was still, he was nowhere to really be found. He only had a couple catches. I don't know what the exact stats are. Maybe Ice can get on that. He's a big stat guy. If the Patriots want to be the, if they want to win the division to make another Super Bowl push, Gronkowski's
1: got to wake up and make some plays. They're, they're going to be fine. This is the same story every single year. You know, everybody says is this the year the Patriots go down? It's not. Um, but I have one that I'm not going to lie. I've checked in as my potential MVP this year who has been non existent. Deshaun Watson. He has not been the quarterback since, you know, obviously he had a terrible injury. Um, but his team is struggling. I think a lot of people were high on the Texans this year and it just doesn't seem like he's trust, um, you know, his line and he trusts himself. I mean, I, I watched the Texans game, um, the other week and there was so many plays where he was getting rid of the ball too quick. Cause I think he's worried about, it and he doesn't trust that knee. Cause I, was that a second time he tore that? Uh, didn't he hurt it in college or in high school or something like that? Or I can neither deny or confirm that. Okay, but regardless, he's going to be my pick for biggest disappointment so far. Well, I mean, he kind of
2: aired it out yesterday. Not going to lie. I mean, the they have one win. It doesn't matter. I mean, he had a, that's
1: a disappointment. One in three. All right, you want to go well, stats? Well, no, no, just no. no. Look up a stats to be stack, fair, guy,
0: Brady balled out yesterday too. we we're, we're just we're not we're not just looking at yesterday. We're talking about the first four games. So, hey, you had your time to talk, Breezy. Let's move over to the teams. Oh, he wanted to talk shit on my Patriots pick when I'm talking shit on his Deshaun Watson pick. I hate to see it. All right, boys. Biggest surprise in the NFL for you via team. Breezy, looking at you scratching your head.
2: <laughs> biggest surprise. Still scratching. Buying time. Let me think about this for a second.
0: You know what? I'm going to intercept you because... Yeah, it might be a good classic idea. Classic you not being prepared. <laughs> um, just threw a curveball at me, dude. I'm going to have to go with... The Chicago Bears. Wow. Okay. They're 3-1. and one. I mean, obviously, before the season started, no one anticipated Cleo Mack would just end up on their doorstep. Um, however, Trubisky just had a huge game. What was it, six tutties on Sunday or was it five?
2: He had five in the first half, six overall.
0: Six overall. I mean, I I still don't know if I'm buying on him, but for any quarterback who could throw six tutties in a game is just crazy. This team has really surprised me. Um in arguably the toughest division in the NFL, the NFC North with Green Bay, Minnesota, and then, I mean, Detroit, it is what it is, but you still got Matty Stafford who could light it up over there. I was not expecting Chicago to be the team. Nor, nor was I for them. You man. know, standing at first place um, half game like, in front of Green yeah. Bay. So I'm going to give credit where credit's due. We'll see if they could, you know, keep it going as we move forward. I know they're on by here. But very impressive out of uh, local boy Mitchell Trubisky.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with a team that is doing the exact opposite of what the Browns are doing, and I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. They're three and one, and obviously that's a it's a good record, but it's who they beat. Um, They beat the Titans. I mean, sorry, they beat the Eagles. They beat the Jaguars and the Texans. All three teams that we could all say should be a playoff team. Obviously, the Texans are underperforming, but um, it's them winning in close games. They beat the Texans by three, they beat the Jaguars by three, and they beat the Eagles by three. Um, that shows a lot of heart from a team where like, where the Browns, it's kind of the opposite right now, where we're losing those games, where the Titans are winning it. So it's the experience that the Titans have been building up over the years is what we hope the Browns are are shooting for. I'm going to stick within our division, and I'm going with
2: the Baltimore Ravens. To be fair, I, I looked at them, and I thought they were just going to be the worst team in our division this year. Hey, shout yeah. out to Edgar Allan Poe, though. One time for the one time. Big Poem guy over here, Junior.
0: Quote the Raven, Nevermore.
1: I like wow. that pick. I really do because yeah, I, mean, I thought this was the year with that Lamar Jackson pick where you know how you see that. It's the first-round guy. Like, wow, Flacco just must waiting, be on yeah, his way out. You wait, you're waiting for that transition where the guy falls apart, the crowd turns on him. We see it in Cleveland all the time, and I just saw Lamar Jackson yeah. to take over, and he's— I mean, right. Flack has been great.
2: Baltimore just went into Pittsburgh at Heinz Field and totally kicked their ass yesterday. On primetime. Primetime. Primetime Ravens. Fuck them. Fuck our Steelers model.
1: have won like 11 in a row on primetime too. There's some stat I I, yeah. I might be making that number up. Yeah, well Steelers
2: suck, so we all we've established this already. But back to my Ravens, they just they're receiving. The receivers are actually a lot better than I thought they would be. Uh Crab, I mean, he's not what he used to be, John but Brown. he's there. He's that nice reception guy. You got Brown, the deep threat, and Willie Snead, classic Browns cut a guy. He ends up doing well. But I don't know if the Ravens will be sustainable because they got
0: to come through us next week. Ooh, I like that. I like that plug. All right, and let's go through real quick, biggest disappointments. Um, I think there's a number of teams. Again, it's kind of sometimes too early to tell this early on, but for the sake of this argument, um, I'm going to go to the NFC, kind of highlighted it. Atlanta they're one in three um I know going into the season a lot of national sports pundits had them as a potential Super Bowl team um and they got the weapons I mean you got Julio you got Sanu and you got Calvin Ridley who looks like he could be one of the next best receivers in the league um the guy's a touchdown ball hog um obviously Freeman battling injury isn't the best for them but Coleman seems like he's been doing a good job their defense hasn't looked good at all, but I, I really expected bigger things out of them, especially um in that division with Tampa, Carolina, they got a question mark, but I thought they'd be battling out with Drew Brees and um, you know, they're disappointing at one and three.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that um, my team, they've had a hard schedule, so I'm not saying they're over and it's done with, but I'm going to say they're still my surprise when you just look at overall record is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I thought when I looked at this year's, I thought the Rams were clearly number one and I thought Minnesota was going to be number two. They had an unbelievable defense and they just had a quarterback that played well last year, but he wasn't a great quarterback now you get Kirk Cousins and I'm like oh this team this team's loaded and um, I know they've lost to looks like the Rams they tied the Packers and then they they lost to the Bills which we can all agree was just like a complete fluke of a game but I'm still disappointed with Minnesota any given Sunday really quick here though that just shows how crazy it is for the Browns to go 0-16 that a team like the Bills can beat a team like the Vikings and we couldn't squeak out one win last year Sorry, go ahead.
2: They didn't just beat the Vikings. They dismantled yeah, the Vikings. That was unbelievable. It was fucked up. Shout out to C-Vogues. Shout out to Josh Allen. But once again, I'm going to stick within the division. I'm going with the Steelers. This is probably the most hyped team other than the Patriots coming into the year in the AFC. And you figure Pittsburgh's going to come strong. You know, we got the best receiver, the best running back, even though he decided he was to be a little bitch and not come back until he wants to get fucked up by the Browns. Can't wait for that. But I just think Pittsburgh – you know, you know what they've been in the years past. Yeah. And you see what they are now, and I not think the biggest good.
0: surprise, not necessarily, has been the talent on the field, but also this is arguably the best well-run franchise in the NFL. So for it to yeah. be as toxic as it is with AB who wasn't showing up to you know practice, Le'Veon holding out, and people pointing fingers, I mean, it's really to Maddie Ice alluded earlier. Is this the beginning of the end for the Pittsburgh? And i, I that's the biggest surprise for me, just the finger-pointing, how toxic it is, the lack of chemistry. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get it back together. Le'Veon Bell will be in uniform versus the Cleveland Browns for the first time.
1: Um, Of course.
0: Halloween weekend. Looking forward to it.
1: I think also this kind of last part about the Steelers, though, is going back to the beginning of the end, I think this is the perfect formula where Le'Veon's obviously gone. I think Ben's going to probably retire. And I think with those guys, they know they're not going to be the same old Steelers, and I think they're going to get rid of Tomlin. I think it's going to be a complete rebuild, which is going to be fun to see.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that. This next segment
1: is brought to you in part by Roscoe
0: Sports. All right, gentlemen, so... We have the playoffs coming for the MLB, and as we look at playoffs, you know, we've obviously had the Cavs in the playoffs um, the last few years, Indians in the playoffs last couple years, and then, you know, I think the NFL playoffs are always fun to watch whether the Browns are in it or not, which they usually aren't. Um, But let's do a quick little ranking. For you, what do you think is the most entertaining in order? Like, which do you prioritize most um, playoff structure? What do you mean playoff structure? Not structure. I mean, just like which playoffs are you most excited about in order between the top three sports?
1: I think mine uh, is going to go, and this is actually completely against what I like the most. I personally like the NFL the most and watch football, but I I just love the NBA playoffs. There's nothing like the NBA playoffs. You have guys getting into it with each other. They're just more – you could see the guys. You can see their emotions. I like the NBA playoffs, number one. NFL than MLB. Don't get me wrong, I watch almost every tribe game, but when the tribe aren't in the playoffs, it's it doesn't interest me like the other two. And I'm going to piggyback
0: that real quick because what you just mentioned is actually like um, so when the Indians are in the playoffs, I have the, the MLB as my second favorite. So okay. the NFL is always going to be the most right. entertaining. I mean, it just is. I mean, it's, it's the best sport to watch on TV. Um, and then when the tribe are in the playoffs, I literally have to watch every single pitch. And then the NBA I would have next, um, close second. When the Tribe aren't in the playoffs, I do not give a lick. I will not watch anything. I'll maybe watch the World Series, um, but that, that's my order. So where does the MLS fit in for your record? Major League Swimming?
2: Oh, so, yeah. I was just kidding. It
1: would probably be, like, number 12 for me.
2: Oh, wow. Fucked that my last time. But, yeah, Junior, I honestly totally agree with you. I mean, NFL, my pride and joy right there just because, you know, I'm a big football guy. And then when the Indians are when the Indians are playing big asterisks, the Indians have yeah, to be they in they it. Agree. It's just something electric about downtown when the tribes playing in the playoffs.
0: It's nostalgia for me too. It but, just brings me back to when I was younger. That, I mean, that was the sport I really looked up to. These players who I wanted to be. Right. So it just takes me back.
2: But the, I mean, the NBA. It's it is cool to watch. That's one
0: sport where I can watch all the playoff games instead of just watching the Cavs. For me, the NBA. I'm just like. It's tough for me to watch because you mentioned the personalities and the. It's just the personalities, the drama. It's just a different game than what it used to be. Nowadays, you got Golden State too. I I agree. It's it's, it's almost tough for me to watch now, and we even alluded to this earlier in the episode. Is I feel like the NBA playoffs is just so rigged to a certain extent, and the officiating just.
2: Well, they rigged themselves with super teams first and foremost. So
1: I was kind of going from like a historic. You're right. Nowadays, like if you're asking me. In 2019, what are you most excited for? The NBA playoffs would be so last; it would be. I might even pick it number four over the NHL. I, I swear, I because it's I like NHL is like pretty dumb. You're actually like it's almost like you're watching teams get ready to get slaughtered versus the Golden State Warriors. There's no parody. It's, exactly, it's like we know the ending already.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, like one series I would look forward to watching would be Boston versus uh, Philadelphia. I think that'd be a good yeah. series. That'd be something fun sure. to watch. Oh, did you hear actually,
1: what Tristan said? We haven't been dethroned yet, man. That's
0: so true. That is true. Shout out to Double T. As we mentioned, the MLB playoffs coming up, um, this is a great time for Cleveland sports. uh, One of my favorite times, again, when the Indians are in the playoffs. It makes me a happy, happy camper. Um, Love fall time. Love fall baseball. Um, It takes me back. Gentlemen, we are finally here. The regular season is over. Tribe versus Astros in the divisional round of the playoffs. Um. Guys, this is going to be a battle. I mean, you talk about wanting the right matchup. Everyone keeps saying, last year we had a bad matchup. This year it's a bad matchup. I think we stack so well against this team, like, step for step. It's just like a flip of a coin who can win this series, which scares. That's what scares the hell out of me. happy Halloween, dude, you know. Um, But let's talk about it. Tribe vs. Strohs. Let's break it down by batting, starting pitching, and bullpen. Let's start off with hitting first. Breezy, break it down for us.
2: These two teams are essentially the same exact team, just different names. If that makes sense to you. <laughs> I mean, you, you you ain't wrong. I mean, you look at the o- order from top to bottom. We got Francisco Lindor. They got Correa. They got Altuve. We got Ramirez. Like, I don't know. It's just tough. I, But I have to give the edge to the Indians, honestly. I just think – even though they had that wonderful run last year, I just think the addition of Donaldson just puts our team that much ahead of the rest of the competition.
0: Yeah, and I'll uh, go next here because I do agree that I feel like we do have the edge. I think for me when, and I may have mentioned this on past pods, when I'm critiquing offenses, I look at the top five hitters, and then I look at the um, hitters six through nine as like the second tier so when I'm comparing our top five versus so their top five, I think it kind of puts us over the hump a little bit. They do have guys who've came on like Bregman, but George Springer really hasn't had the biggest year. Correa's a step behind. Altuve's a beast. Um, but, you know, I, I want to give us the nod because you have two MVP candidates in Ramirez, Lindor. Brantley's just been Dr. Smooth, batting 300 all year. And then Eddie, again, another th- 30 homer. 100 rbi season and to your point josh donaldson dude's been lighting it up since he's put on it when Indian he's playing uniform. his best baseball he's always in the conversation for mvp right. and then again so now we're breaking down the second half of the lineup when you move in yonder Alonso now to that six hole you got kipnis who's been coming along um turning his bat on when you have and Jan gomes being a catcher with his stick when you have those guys in the back of your lineup um you're one swing away from opening the game up right and i uh, I, I want to backtrack there. Is Jan Gomes out? What, does anybody know the severity of his injury?
1: Drinking? Uh, we'll get back to you. We'll
0: have to revisit, but I, I still think we have a pretty strong end of the lineup. Melky Cabrera. I, again, we're the only lineup that has, you know, featuring all All-Stars. So there's guys who've been there before. That says a lot in about big at, Yeah, yeah at, In big at-bats, you want players who are not afraid of the moment and who can um, produce. So for that reason, me and Breezy are both given the tribe – um the hitting win yeah. in this. Uh,
1: and drinking ed just updated. I appreciate Drinking Ed fresh from Nashville, so shout out to Drinking Ed. Um, he is optimistic uh that he's gonna play. So that's that's good news. Uh, it's a guy okay. that I've been very critical on, but that, he's stepped it up this that year. It is good news. Um I'm actually this is gonna be the first time so we can mark this down October first, uh, ten thirty PM. Everybody on Cloudy in Cleveland. Agrees on something. Let's go. I do beautiful think. Things, I do beautiful. think that the, sun's um, the Indians have a slight edge. Um, what does scare me is what happened last year. They have the experience. They're World Series champs. Um, Lindor and Ramirez shit the bed last playoffs. I'm not going to compare this team to last year, but I'm just saying that's still in the back of my mind. But I am going to give it up um, to the Indians. I will obviously, stat guy has to have his stats. Like Stoop kids has to can't leave a Stoop. True story. Kids afraid um, to leave. I'm going to shoot you some stats here of their starting lineup. You have Gonzalez batting 247. Same. Um, Maresnick's batting 211. You have uh, Gaddis batting 226. Um, Stacy batting. Two twenty six. I mean, you guys got these back. The guys in the back end just terrible right. stats. You know what I mean? So as terrible. as Junior was talking about before, um, something I was worried about was the back end of our, our batting lineup. It actually looks a lot better than I thought. So I, I'm going to give it to the Indians on this one. So we got what one nothing Indian so far. In right, our debate.
0: Matty, you're on fire. Why don't you just take us into which I think is going to be probably the biggest argument or debate: starting pitching.
1: Yeah. <laughs> To, I mean, when I'm looking at this, it's tough. It is really tough because you have to look at the one, two, three pitchers. I think from an all-around five-man rotation, the Indians, no doubt, you know, have it I on agree. The Astros. I agree with that. Um, Sorry, right. To, you got the one-two punch with Verlander and and Cole here. I'm going to go with the Indians again. I really am going to give it up to the Indians here. Um, I just love the three-person punch. I think there's no doubt about it. Everybody's going to be talking about it. All the guys on MLB Network, all the guys on sports, everybody's going to be talking about how is Bauer going to do. Has he recovered? Because if Bauer was playing like he did in the beginning of the year, there's no better starting rotation than um, the Indians. Uh, especially with the 1-2-3 punch. So I'm going to have to go with the Indians and in starting pitching here.
0: I, I like how you're going 1-2-3, but, I mean, shit, let's bring it down to four because when it comes to the fourth pitcher, you got Clevenger who finished the year almost with in the twos with the ERA. He finished with, I think, a 3.07. And first time in MLB history, there's been uh, four pitchers with – over 200 strikeouts, so I don't want to overlook that fourth because I think it's a key component. It will be interesting to see if Tito decides to go with the three-man rotation, and I think a lot of it will come down to Trevor Bauer's health, health excuse me, and how much faith they do have in him. Um, but when I'm looking at this matchup in this series, I, I, I have to give. The Astros, the slight edge. And again, I That's think fair. with with, with all these categories, we're literally pulling hairs. And the thing is, I think Verlander, at his age, has been the most dominant pitcher um, in the American League on a contending team, not to uh, discredit Snell from Tampa. from Tampa. And then Garrett Cole has just – I mean, this dude is, like, unreal when it comes to striking out hitters. Um, and then uh, – Dallas Keuchel um, is a solid three. Um, so Carrasco, he, he got off the year to a slower start. Him and Clevenger, I think, ha- have the top five ERAs since the All-Star break. So, I mean, these <laughs> it's so tough to pick. But, I mean, just the inconsistency you get with Kluber, um, Carrasco, and then not knowing – I think Bauer, just the question mark with Bauer is why I'm giving that's Houston fair. the edge. I guess that's the ultimate factor for me.
2: Like literally, I just want to take a coin to flip it right now because it's literally that close. But I'm gonna to stick to who I've been watching all year long. I've seen what the Indians bring to the table. When when Bowers healthy, he was pitching Cy Young baseball. And whether he I, Tito says his arm is fine, whether he can replicate that form coming in the playoffs, I don't know. But I like to think so. You, you got to love what they did with
0: Krasko and Bauer splitting these last two starts. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's awesome. I think that's, that's saving their arms. Yeah, it's still giving them some work. I think. And they both pitched very well in those uh, outings as well.
2: Yeah, agreed. So, I don't know. I just think we're going to come out, we're going to pitch, and, you know,
0: I think it's just going to come down to the bats. It's going to be a good pitching matchup. Okay. And, I mean, that brings it down to, um, you know, what was the biggest thing for our World Series run a couple years ago, the bullpen. Um, obviously, we have a lot of new faces in our bullpen we haven't lived up to the roster on paper all the hype being one arguably the highly, most highly touted uh bullpen going into this year. So when we're breaking down the relief pitchers, where do you guys think we stand um, going into the series?
1: I'll tell you what, man. This is this is the the part of the series that scares me the most. Um I mean Osuna on the Astros is is unbelievable. I mean, it's yes. almost like he's he's one of those guys where when he comes in the in the game, you almost feel like it's like Chapman when he comes in. It's like, oh, God, you know, we shouldn't have never got ourselves in this position. Um, I'm not going to lie and act like I know the bullpen of the Astros. I mean, I'm seriously looking at stats right now, so I, I don't I couldn't tell you much about them. Besides, I know Asuna's is really good, a really good closer, but I just don't trust our bullpen. I really do not. Um, I think the X factor of the entire series, I think it's a toss-up between Trevor Bauer and Cody Allen. Um, I trust Hand. I really do trust him but I don't trust Cody Allen whatsoever. I was the biggest Cody Allen supporter. Anybody can say that. I've literally supported him the entire time, but there's so many things that make me nervous about him, especially the, his velocity and just how the ball is coming off his hand, where I think there's something mechanically wrong with him, and I don't think you know going into a playoff series where we should actually make it to the World Series uh, makes me feel good about myself. So I'm going to go with the Astros um, you know, over the Indians in this one.
0: Just a quick... Fun fact about your boy Osuna. Shout out to Drinking Ned. Um, Osuna was actually the guy that gave up the uh, Taylor Naquin walk off inside the park homer. Wow, years ago.
1: Throw it back. Fun fact of the day. He threw up the horns. Threw up the
0: horns. That's sexy.
2: Yeah, I got
1: turned on more than Emily Rose.
2: (laughs) Too soon. I'm pretty sure Houston might actually have the best bullpen in the whole MLB right now. So it's. I don't know if that's true, but hot take. Hot a Stat like that. I don't know. I just. It makes me think. I mean, I look on paper, and I see the names we got with Hand and Miller and in years past, Cody Allen. But I don't – again, this is splitting hairs, and I think I'm just going to give it to Houston just because Allen hasn't proved it. Miller, I don't know if he's
0: going to be hidden. It's kind of self. opposite just, to the last argument where you, yeah. you said you have watched the Indians so much, that's why you're picking our starting pitching. That's exactly but what You watched the Indians so much, that's that why I'm, you're picking their yeah. bullpen but because you again, so suspect.
2: Everyone's got to remember. There's three parts to a whole season. There's the preseason, there's the regular season, and then there's the postseason. There's three seasons,
0: and the postseason, everything starts at a clean slate. And I would love that you just tee that up for me because to your point, this is a new season, and you're going to play your games a little bit differently in the playoffs and how you use your bullpen. You're not really going to be using the Olsons of the world, um, you know, just, unless you're desperate, or, right? Unless you're desperate, or the, if you're completely out of it. But in a perfect world, I mean, you have Kluber going out there for seven innings, and then you got two innings to pick. And if you could have your pick of Brad Hand, Andrew Miller, or Cody Allen, I, 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 I it's a new season. These guys have all pitched well in the postseason before, besides Brad Hand. Um, but I think he's done enough this year to really and in he's years just so past. Dominant, to, he's just... Yeah, he has some nasty stuff where I'm going to give the Indians the edge, I think that three-headed monster there, it, it just – I mean, they have Osuna. You can only put They're him up 20 times. And I know they have McHugh, league, uh, Tony Sip, Joe Smith, other pieces, but they don't have a dominant dude, three-headed monster. Dude, but here's, here's my point. Tony here's my Sip point. Out
1: there. I agree to a point. I'm Andrew Miller has been – he was the most dominant relief pitcher, I would say, maybe since Mariano Rivera, and I'm talking playoffs when he when we had that run. Right. There's no doubt in my mind, I think you're being hopeful right now, that you can call him a monster. You know, he has been hurt. He has been inconsistent the last year and a half. There's no way that you feel confident in him. No doubt when he goes out there that he's going to do well. And I'm not saying I I just don't trust his accuracy. I'm worried that he could get hurt again. I just don't think that I would call, especially Cody Allen, I would not call him a three-headed monster anymore. I think these guys have the potential to be by far the best relief three-headed monster in baseball, but it's the fact that I just don't trust it yet. And I can
0: respect you for saying that, but I will tell you, not as much in Allen, but I am very confident in Brad Hand and what I've seen of Andrew Miller. I am too. But what I've seen of Andrew Miller, where I am confident, playoffs is a different stage, man. You're going to go out there, you're going to have a different approach. It's a new season. It's almost a fresh slate. The way they're used and the way they're going to use these guys and be able to lift each other up to get these wins, I... I, I understand your concern, but I will tell you I'm confident in saying that those two guys are going to add to the three-headed monster. Okay, maybe a little suspect with Cody Allen, but this dude, his history in the playoffs. His experience matters. His experience, matters. experience it's, it's, matters. It's a different stage. And the, so if,
1: and the Astros won the World Series. Okay, great. I'm just saying but,
0: you can't discredit these guys because they've been on the stage. I know they've been suspect. I'm
1: not discrediting them because I I just think that there's stuff going on mechanically with them, and I think there's stuff that's going on where they haven't proven it this year.
0: Yeah, but the Ashes haven't played in Cleveland I in the playoffs. Give, just I could <laughs> give you I can and give the you the midges. I'll give you Cody Allen being a little bit suspect, but I think when it comes down to the big stage for the amount of time and situations, or the flexibility they have between going from hand to Miller to Allen, he's only going to be set up for success, I mean, and I think what, he will execute.
2: So put
1: it this way. When so Miller comes out—
2: Tony Sip, than Cody Allen?
1: Anyways, so I agree. When Miller comes out, I'm not going to come out there going, good God— like when Cody Allen does, there's no doubt. If, if you're an Indians fan, when Cody Allen comes out, you're holding your breath.
2: I'm gonna do that when any reliever comes out there. It I'm doesn't not. Matter. I'm, I'm confident. Hand,
1: I think that he's gonna stop
2: I'm, him. I'm, co- I'm. confident in him too. But you can't help but hold your breath, dude. All right,
1: dude. You're you're just being well, listen, criti- critical a, on this. But one. Can I'm can just I mean,
2: saying. I'm being critical.
1: No, I'm saying when Andrew Miller comes out there or when Brad Hand comes out there, you expect them, correct? I'm not saying – I'm talking about the whole one, two, three punch in, in general. When Miller comes out there and Hand comes out there and your head you're thinking they're going to get out of this, correct? Like you're not thinking negative about this, right, when they come in? Correct. Okay. There's no way when Cody Allen comes out to the mound, there's a guy in first and second, one out, and your head, you're like, Cody Allen's getting out of this." I don't think Tito's going to yeah. put him in that, and that situation. And that's where I
0: disagree. You're not banking on Cody Allen in the playoffs like you did in the past. There you were, now have the flexibility. But you have to. But you, you, don't. Don't. you don't. It's, it's going to be completely situational. He was sticking base. around with him this year. Yeah, so, they're, yeah, they're, not they're not all going to be mixing up. You're going to see Allen in the seventh inning of the playoffs. You're going to see him in the okay, ninth. Okay, but here's the thing: just like first of
2: all, I guarantee that Cody Allen's only coming out at the start of an inning. They're not going to throw him in when there's runners on base. He's
1: their third pitcher. No, you guys agree he's the third pitcher in our lineup, right?
2: Situational in our so If he's our third pitcher, let's say it's so game theoretically three. you're going to throw him out in the seventh okay, inning so
1: after they take out the starter. Game three comes around, right? Andrew Miller's pitched two innings and for game one and two. There's zero chance he's coming out game three, for especially with his history. Who do you have coming out before Brad Hand? What you got to remember, No, though, No, no, I mean, I'm just saying, who do you have out? Because if I'm Tito, I go with Cody Allen, no matter what the situation is, because I trust him the third most probably over anybody on our team. Well, the thing is, you guys, you have situational guys if you need them, like Oliver Perez, who Oliver had – That's who I was kind of thinking about, Oliver Perez. But at the same time, I would almost – I think I would rather still have Cody Allen than but Oliver I Perez. I think you're
0: thinking two, like, regular season traditional in your head. Uh, it's ninth, a whole different ninth, season. Ninth, ninth different inning, team. got to throw in your clothes or Cody Allen. That's not the thing, dude. In the playoffs, you want it's your a three-headed monster that you pointed to in the in the starting rotation. You want those guys to go seven innings. Let me ask you if this: you can I'm going to two innings out of three pitchers. I'm pretty confident that Cody Allen can execute.
1: So let me ask you this: This is something I didn't really think about. I think we all can agree the the one two are going to be Miller and Allen. Do you put? Do you ever put Clevenger in in the sixth or seventh? If if you need it into no, that's a situation, another thing. instead of going to our bullpen, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm if, kind of going against my
0: point. You said no, Miller so, or Allen, you meant Miller Hand.
1: Miller Hand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Miller Hand. Do you, if it comes down to it, would you put Clevenger in to relief, or is that out of his I
2: think that's definitely in play, but I don't think it's gonna be like the something. Gentlemen, I think that's if the it's starter, all
0: going to be situational based. No, but it's I, what the I think he's
2: gonna do is, if the starter for some reason only gets to go four innings, five innings, then he might take the next star and just throw him in the game to yeah. see where you can get. It's
0: situational based. It is. I mean. you all right, let's just recap. I'm going with the Indians. Breezy, who do you got?
2: For bullpen?
0: Yeah. Strohs. Strohs. Strohs, two versus one. Wow, I feel – wow. But, again, that that's just – it's so close. I was actually – I feel the strongest out of all my picks that I, I think the Indians bullpen is the best. But, okay. So I'm, on paper, so, yes, but I'm, this it, year's in, performance. In the recap, we have uh, – we all picked Tribe for hitting – um, for starting pitching, I was the only one to pick the shows. You guys both picked the Indians, and then for bullpen, I was the only one to pick the Indians, and you guys picked the shows. Hey, quick question for you. What about the manager? I was going to pose that. I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, uh, dude, they've been I into know, it honestly. all year. I, I think it's like 50% of the managers or some weird say like that are all come from the Tito tree. I mean, this dude.
1: He's the grandfather he, he,
0: he the is Godfather. He's the, goat, the Godfather. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. The Godfather before he came to Cleveland, we had no consistency since the nineties of reaching the postseason. Don't talk about season. Manny Acta like that. S- I'm just stating facts. Eric wedge can fuck All right. yo bitch. I right, appreciate it. <laughs> since before Tito came, we had no consistency of going to the playoffs. Granted, our teams look a little bit better since the nineties, uh, you know, over that 20 year span, they were dog trash until Tito came here, but it says a lot for him to take a mediocre, uh, franchise and bringing them into arguably a dynasty of today's game and it literally happened overnight too yeah and you could say the same thing about the astros what the hell were they um before
2: they were literally the 76ers of the mlb
1: yeah they i mean they were the team that people laughed at all the time
2: they were accumulating those top draft picks and you know some happened to pan out
1: yeah i mean it's tough man I, i don't know who you pick i think both uh you know managers are probably the top 2 in almost all of baseball you could say um
0: i'm go i think for me it's a no brainer i think it's tito just cuz he's been there so many more times before tito yeah i mean Hinch, he's a, he's an up and coming like okay if he, if hey if if he wins this year again okay maybe he's now in that argument But until you could duplicate, I mean, look at the dude. Look at at Tito's playoff Well, We'll look at the guy who won in uh, Boston his first year. Um, Uh, Who's the coach who won in Boston his first year two years ago? He came from Toronto, the Toronto pitching coach. No, he was there, but he won for one year, and then he ended up getting fired two years later. So I mean, it just goes to show you. Oh yeah, you, know you got to be around. able to repeat. You just can't be a one-time thing. So that's why again, T- Tito's been around, man. He's, yeah, you, he's proven. I,
1: I'd probably go with Tito on this because he's been there more than. I just think it's a no-brainer. I think we yeah. got. That's what
2: separates us from all the other teams going at it in the playoffs. Okay,
0: love to love to agree on Tito and Tito. We trust. All right, gentlemen, so we just went through ranking, you know, where we think we stand, hitting, starting pitching, bullpen. Now it's time for predictions. Quick little update from Drinking Ed. He said that the uh, coach was John Farrell, who is the one and done in Boston. So quick shout-out to Drinking Ed. Shout-out. Okay, so with that being said, you picked where you think we stand. Gentlemen, what's your prediction for the Cleveland Indians versus the Houston Astros?
2: I say Tribe win it. In four games, they're going to win it in Cleveland.
1: I'm actually going to go with Tribe and four as well.
0: It's a beautiful thing when we all agree. Uh, it's always caught in Cleveland. I'm going to go Tribe and four as well. Um, you know, I had two, of my three going Indians, three or four, for including the manager. I think, you know, my our biggest strength, I think, is our bullpen, and that's what took us to the World Series a couple years ago. And I think, you know, arguably we are better than that bullpen before. Um, and then I think our lineup is better than that team, so as close as it's going to be. Um, I think we just do I'm, that I'm, first I'm, game. I'm, I'm going to be the hometown kid, I'm, I'm and going I'm going to be a little too. biased, and I'm going to take the Indians. Game one, Kluber.
1: I think if you go game if we if we get to game four and we're up two one, I mean I feel very good about that. Very good. About okay. It.
0: Sticking with predictions, we said we'd come back to it. We got the Cleveland Browns hosting Baltimore. Uh, second divisional game of the year. We haven't lost in our division yet. So, again, one. taking it one game at a time. Breezy, what is your – give us a quick minute outlook and then what your pre, uh, prediction for the score is going to be.
2: Quick outlook. I think Flacco is going to struggle against the Browns because he's been a gunslinger this year. and I haven't seen that many big, deep plays taken against the Browns. Most have been – Because a safety
1: stuff. 45 yards off the line of scrimmage thank well, you
0: martavius bryant for helping us out in that category well yeah it's not there's a crack at it. what can i say but i i
2: don't know i think the browns are going to come out they'll be pissed off after last week baker add some more chip onto that shoulder he's going to come out he's going to look like an mvp quarterback he's going to lead the browns to the promised land i got one thing to say to you two two and one Two, 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 and, and one.
0: one. One time now. Two, two, two and, one. and one. All the single ladies. Two, 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 and one. Browns, 33. Ravens, 27. Okay. And since I have a feeling Matty Ice is going to be a little negative, I'm going to uh, go after you, Breezy. Um, I think when you're looking at these games, taking it week by week, you got to look at matchups. Um, looking at some of the receivers, I mean, you had Jared Cook. You had big guys like Amari Cooper who exposed – You know, the non-Terrence Mitchell being T.J. Carey. So I think the second year is going to get better, but I also think we match up really well against the Ravens receivers. They really don't have any bust-out guys. Deep ball threats against the Brown is a tough thing to beat because we do have the safety so far deep, and I think uh, Randall's been a beast this year. So I think you take that out of their game and you force them to run the ball, they really don't have a, um, a bell cow carrier. And I think you know if the defense can keep it up. I know last week was a little tough. I feel like they were on the field a lot, but they uh, Oakland also had a short field. So keeping this real quick, I think the defense is going to get to Flacco. And to your point, Baker just put up forty-two points. This kid has a chip on his shoulder, and I think he's only going to get better. He's going to be at home, and this dude is so well playing at home. Going back to college, I think he's going to feed off the fans. And I think um, I I do think the Browns are going to win. I'm going to go. 27-24 Browns. Hey, real quick, a close one. I think the X-Factor for
2: the Ravens is Buck Allen. I think we got to eliminate him. I think they're going to try to throw a bunch of screens to him, and
1: if we can stop him, then I think the Browns will be alright.
0: Maddie Ice. Um, Keep I it th- cloudy. Keep it cloudy, Maddie.
1: I do think that we have a chance in this game because of the Here fact that Baltimore is probably starting to look at the playoff picture and say, hey, if the Bengals continue to win, we're looking at wild card ki his backup plan, and they're playing the Titans next week. They're not Who looking happens- at the Bengals, buddy.
0: Well, no, they're the last thing. Zero concern. Nobody in the last. What are you
1: no talking about? How are they not concerned about the Bengals? They're they concerned are.
0: about themselves. No, no, no. They are no, concerned NFL about the Bengals. They are concerned. The no, really NFL teams like, oh, oh look, let's what the, the, the Bengals are fucking hey, doing. Guys, we got the wild no, card. No, what I'm saying let's is, shoot for the wild next card next week. The oh, wait, Browns oh, wait, are irrelevant. Oh, the Browns are completely
1: irrelevant. We're going to concede
2: the division to the Bengals. Let's just play for the wild card. Yeah,
1: let's just scream in the mic because that makes a lot of sense. You'd Fucking dumbass. No, let's just look at (laughs) the Bengals. You're not even even listening to me right now. You're literally not even listening. They play the Titans next week. Who's a good team right now? They have to beat the good teams to be able to make the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. Like I think Bengals. they have a chance to overlook the Browns starting to think about next week already because the pictures are starting to form of how the teams are going to be playing, which they do play the Titans next week. So I think they have a chance, but I don't think the Browns are going to win this game. I really don't think so. Jimmy Smith is going to be back. Uh, I think, is he coming off suspension or something like that? But no clue. their number one corner is going to be coming back, um, which... You know the, the, the Ravens already have a very very good defense and a very good secondary, so I think that they're gonna the Browns are gonna come out guns blazing, but I do think that the you know the Ravens are just their talent is has been overperforming this year and it's gonna continue to overperform. So I do believe that the Ravens are gonna end up winning thirty to twenty one.
0: Yeah, if they do that, they'll probably be the wild card then. It's come to that time of the day where unfortunately we have to say goodbye. Before we do that, we're going to do a quick segment called What Grinds Your Gears? So I'll bat lead off, and I'll talk about what grinds my gears. So as you all know, this is our third episode of Always Cloudy in Cleveland, and being rookies to the podcast game, um, we aren't the most technical savvy. Uh, shout out again to Drinking for being the producer of this show. Have a nice little soundboard, good microphones, nice little setup. However, when, when Drinking Ed is doing other things, getting hammered out on the town, we don't always have him around. So there's been a couple of instances where we've recorded full podcast, hours long, inviting on special guests, and we would play it back, and it would just be gosh awful to listen back. Terrible. It's Just Terrible. terrible. It, it would echo. There would be horrible background noise and again this is just a product of us being rookies but i tell you what as much time as we put into this sucker it really grinds my gears we just sit here blabber for hours and then we can't put out a product for the always cloudy faithful
1: yeah we have we do a whole lot of blabbering for sure but so, and
0: just i think so we, this is going to be our third episode we're going to post and we probably record, what would you say, maybe seven or eight?
1: <laughs> oh, dude, bare minimum, bare minimum. At
0: least seven or eight, and only three have made it to the web. So <laughs> uh, we want to thank everybody for, you know, hanging tight with us. Always appreciate the feedback. Any questions, comments, or concerns, please tweet us at AlwaysCloudyCleave, Twitter, and or email us at AlwaysCloudyCleave at gmail.com. Maddie Ice, you're up next. What grounds your gears?
1: yeah I mean, uh this actually just happened to me last week. I just came back back from uh Arizona, and I'm catching a red eye home. you know, obviously, I'm up for eight hours um obviously, nobody can see me. I'm six foot three, bigger guy, like knees don't always fit in the seat, so I'm up the entire flight. so my next flight is at six a m and uh you know big Bertha in front of me decides to bring on a Mexican burrito, right. In a airplane, not just like sitting outside the terminal, it's in the airplane. They purposely suction it in so you have air flowing in there. So instead of me like trying to focus on this hour and a half flight home because it's not that long from Chicago to Cleveland, instead I'm trying to avoid, you know, the chorizo, the mild sauce, the hot sauces blowing Ew. in my face. You have air conditioners blowing above me. I'm literally about to throw up at any point, and I guarantee if I throw up, I'm not aiming for the bag. I'm not going for the toilet. I'm going right on Big Bertha in front of me. So what grinds my gears is when you have the audacity to bring a highly scented food product on the plane, ignore what other people say around you or care about, just so you can satisfy yourself. That's what grinds my gears.
2: Damn, Ice. That sounds pretty disturbing. What really grinds my gears. And you know what? Not all of you can probably relate to this, maybe ice to some extent. But when you're at the bar and some girl who happens to be four foot eleven tries to talk to you, to give you guys some perspective, I am a whopping six foot five, sexy and single, by the way. Whoa, 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 dude. I have that problem too. I'm like six one and a half. Chill. Oh, junior. But anywho, so I'm you know, you're just chilling there. The music's just blaring. And I'm just I'm trying to braille with the boys at this point, and I hate when these little girls come up and try to talk to me. It's like, listen, sweetheart, I know you mean well. It's good to see you too, but I can't hear a goddamn word you're saying, and I'm literally hunchback of Notre Dame leaning over just to hear these bitches talk, and you know what? Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. They're nice ladies, man.
2: No, I like talking to the nice ladies, just the bitches.
1: Ooh. They're in a different altitude than you are.
2: That's what I'm saying. Think about it's that. It's just like, yo, how's the weather down there? I don't know, man. <laughs> Wish I knew. but really see down your shirt. <laughs> you know, realistically, if you see
0: me at the bar, just don't talk to me. And with that being said, that's why it's always cloudy in Cleveland. Thanks for listening. Go Browns. Go Tribe. And hopefully next time at this time, we'll be talking about the Indians as we look forward to the championship round of the playoffs. Take care, folks. It's Tribe time now. Hashtag Bake Show.